from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. You know, on the full stage and oh my goodness. Climbing the arch, ripping the veil off the veil profit. Right. Part of a strategy to enhance our protest for fair employment. So is this material, um, Kathy, that lends itself well to the stage? Oh, yes, most definitely. And hopefully this spreads and goes to other cities, and people do it in Kansas City, and they do it in Chicago, and they do it in, in Nashville. Theater that leaves people thinking and talking. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. A new collective of St. Louis theater makers has assembled to create a documentary play about the efforts of Percy Green and the activist group he co-founded called Action. Specifically, their famous infiltration of the Veiled Prophet Ball in 1972. The play is called Action. Colin McLaughlin, McLaughlin wrote it. And it oh, uh, there's a preview Friday night, and it plays at the Gaslight Theater in, in the Central West End this weekend and next weekend. That's through November 20th. Joining me in studio to talk about action are director Catherine Bentley, who also co-produced the play. Catherine's an associate professor of theater performance at Southern Illinois University, where she's artistic director of the Black Theater Workshop. And musician and actor Miles Brenton, who is playing Percy Green in the play. Catherine Bentley and Miles Brenton, thanks so much for coming here. Welcome to the program. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. So, So Percy Green, of course, has a long career as a political activist, Specifically, someone who's fought against anti-black racism in St. Louis in many different ways over the years, co-founder of the group Action. Of course, he climbed the in-progress Gateway Arch in 1964 with Richard Daly and uh, succeeded in getting contractors to start hiring black people to work on that project. So, Kathy, with, with all that, how did you settle on this one chapter in his life and the life of Action to base a play on? Well, really, uh, as Colin was thinking about how we can best honor Percy Green and the members of uh, the action group. Um, there's so much, you know, this this could be a play that's like 10 hours long, right? I mean, how do you find one thing about uh, Percy? Um, I think with what, uh, what with, with what we were thinking and, and, and how this group of, uh, of uh, producing partners got together, we felt like this was just something that was really pivotal in uh, changing the landscape of St. Louis and um, really bringing to light some of the things that in Saint, a lot of St. Louisans don't know about. A lot mm-hmm. of folks do you know, know about the arch and maybe don't know the history behind the Veiled Prophets. And so this, we felt like this would really give some of that information, um, bring it to light a lot clearer. And reading the play, it's it's clear that Colin McLaughlin, one of your co-producers, the playwright, he wanted to get a lot of historical detail in there. Uh, where did that come from? How, how was Percy Green involved in the development of this? Well, Colin is, uh, he's, we've collaborated for several years and just a, a very uh, thoughtful and thorough playwright who does really get into the historical um, facts about you know what he's writing about. And so he spent a lot of time with Percy. He spent a lot of time um, even it, before there was a reading of this, an earlier version of this play. And he spent a lot of time with Percy, was able to spend time with folks who were involved in action. Um, so he he really did make use of those resources as uh, 
as a way to, to write this play. Mm. Miles, did you meet with Percy? I briefly just dropped in by happenstance. I had a gig at Blueberry Hill, and uh, Kathy, Colin, and Percy Green were having a production meeting. And I uh, just was in the room, and I just you know, just just showed my face. I was like, hey, I'm playing you in this play. He was like, what? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so uh, it, was, it, was kind of, it was kind of amazing to see him in person after the workshop that we did where I saw him online and, you know, got to see some, some one of his mannerisms and watched all of his interviews. And to see that person that I'm playing there in the flesh was uh, quite an incredible, uh, incredible occurrence. Did he happen to give you any tips? No. <laughs> <laughs> You, you mentioned looking at historical footage, uh, watching some other some interviews that he had given. Uh, what challenges do you have as an actor playing a real person who who walks amongst us? And a lot of audience members probably know what he looks like, what he sounds like, what he moves like, uh, and he might be one of those audience members. Right, right. And, and and the thing is that you can never know enough. You can never know enough about this this character that you're playing because it's a real person. You know, uh, and, and so you can read as much as you want to read. And, and I, I think actually that's part of the beauty of it, because uh, you can just continue to get deeper into the, the, the process of, of learning about this character. And there's always something new to find. And uh, as we're going through the process of, of learning about this play and, and learning about the, the story and, and uh, acting the story, the relationships between the characters become uh, more, you know, um, more authentic and, and deeper as well. Um, so I, I'd, I'd say it's, it's just a, a blessing and, a, and a, a very magical experience. Well, uh, the play does move forward and back in time a little bit to, to offer some context, but it focuses on the action activists who are planning their direct action targeting the Veil Profit organization, which remains controversial today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've had Percy Green as a guest here a few times on the show, and uh, so let's listen to a clip from 2019. This is, this is Percy Green on the show talking about why he was targeting the Veil Profit organization. But first and foremost, I want to make it... Uh, I want it to be understood clearly that Action's protests of the White Veil Prophet festivities was strictly part of a strategy to enhance our protests for fair employment at certain big businesses, uh, not to be part of it. In fact, Action's view of the White Veil Prophet um, as a Ku Klux Klan organization by another name. And in 2019, at the time, we did invite representatives from the VP onto the show. They didn't take us up on it at the time. But every once in a while, the world outside St. Louis learns about Veil Profit as a fresh round of controversy. So they, they did put out a statement last year. I'll just mention they said, we sincerely apologize for the actions and images from our history. Additionally, our lack of cultural awareness was and is wrong. We are committed to change. And today, VP categorically rejects racism in any form. Going back to 1972, it was very much a, a closed, seems like a semi-secret society that appears uh, involved in protecting the, the privilege of the moneyed white o- elite in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing Percy talk about the strategy behind this, Action had a great sense of theater, which I think a mm-hmm. lot of great activists do. I mean, climbing the arch, ripping the veil off the veil profit. Right. right? So is this material, yeah. um, Kathy, that mm-hmm. lends itself well to the stage? Oh, yes, most definitely. I mean, so the um, 
Percy's group, Action Committee to Improve Opportunities for Negroes, what I've really enjoyed getting to know more about them is that sense of theater that was involved. I mean, they really uh, got into how can we bring to light the issues that we think are important. Well, as a theater artist, I know the best way is to get people to get pull them in touch their hearts, do something that's going to make them remember. And so the fact that they used a lot of theatricality in their activism really intrigues me. Um, and it, it definitely informs this production um, because you can you see this this group in a space together, just yes, ending, you know, improving into the into a uh, a way to um, to build this this interruption and disruption of an event. Hmm. And as written, the play is very fast-paced. There's overlapping overlapping dialogue. There's multimedia elements in the form of archival photographs that I think you recreated. How, how did how did that work? Oh, well, we have uh, wonderful designers um, and um, working, pulling footage, pulling uh, pictures that are say make this a multimedia um, event. So you get you get to see the actual some of the um, actual pictures from the events that we are dramatizing. And did you include the, the actual cast members in these photos as, as if they were there at the time? We didn't for this production, okay. um, just for just um, just some choices about this production. But uh, look forward to that for the movie. That's what I keep telling people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the big motion picture. I look forward to, to fully implementing that aspect of it. Miles, when, when you're on stage and there's things like newspaper headlines flashing behind your archival photographs, does that help inform your ability to bring the story to life? Or is, are those like footnotes that you kind of want to get past? I mean, it's uh, – I walked into rehearsal the other day and I saw the projections for the first time and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is this is amazing. You know, on the full stage and oh my goodness, the, what a talented production team that we have. You know, we're incredibly uh, fortunate in that way. And, and to be able to tell this story not only – with our voices, but also with visual presentation and also with sound, uh, makes it a, an incredible, you know, once in a lifetime experience. So uh, reserve your tickets, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and the, these opening shows, they are free, right? Oh, all mm -hmm. of our. So the producing collaborative, Action Art Collaborative, I'm one of the founding um, members of that, founding producers. Our mission is to make sure that St. Louis stories are are accessible to everyone in St. Louis. We want to highlight um, the social justice issues that we feel are important here in St. Louis, both in our history and in our present. And we want to make sure that everyone has accessibility to that. So our tickets are free. Um, we want people to be there. We want discussions to be had. We want change to be made. And um, of course, there are ways that people can donate. But we do, we do, we just want you to come in the door, and then we can have further discussion and make some change happen in St. Louis. Hmm. Well, some other artists you collaborate with on this are the musicians Anita Jackson and Ryan Marquez. Yes, they compose a theme that goes with the show. And yes, I think just hearing it, it, it gives you a sense of the vibe of of the play. So let, let, let's hear a little bit of that. So, so many images come to mind. 
How does that inform what the show is all about? Oh, that's the, to me, that's the beat. That's the uh, that's mm-hmm. the heartbeat. And when Anita played this for me the, for the first time, I was like, yes, yes, yeah. I got very excited because when I read this play and when I think about this group of folks that were part of this um, um, uh, activist group, I feel it's that drive, that heartbeat mm-hmm. towards change. And so that's that. So I can't even. I'm jump. We're dancing in our seat. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we have to adjust our <laughs> headphones. They're falling off here. <laughs> Uh, doing a period piece like this, Miles, how, how much are the 70s in your head here? Oh, man, the 70s live in my soul now. <laughs> uh, every, everybody tell me that I'm an old soul, so this is like second nature for me. You know, I, I feel right at home. Yeah. Well, uh, in the play, when you get to the climactic Veil Prophet Ball of 1972, we hear about it from the, the perspective of the two ath- actors who are playing uh, Jane Sauer and Gina Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were two white women who were part of action. And the strategy was that they would probably get further that night than someone with the profile of Percy Greenwood or, or any of any of, the, of their black compatriots yes. uh, in this environment. And um, we hear from them. It becomes a bit of a memory play a little bit. But um, we have a clip of Percy Green talking about what happened after they infiltrated that ball with some tickets and pretended to be regular guests. This, again, is from 2019. He's speaking with guest host Shula Newman. They went to the um, balcony. Uh, Jane Sauer set up the diversionary by dropping the leaflets at one end of the balcony to cause most of the people's attention to go in that direction while Jaina came down the um, the uh, cables, the I table. guess. Right. She came down to the first floor there, and then, of course, it is true that one of the cables pulled away from the um, the ceiling mm-hmm. and she fell about six about six feet oh knocking the wind out of her she then walk around behind the stage come up behind the uh, the the white VP and snatched his uh, his his uh, gear off his headgear off and threw it out in the out into the, the middle of the floor there that's some wild stuff <laughs> yes it is yeah. so that's theater okay that's mm-hmm. theater. And the, the fact even that, you know, they had planned, they'd made, they'd made plans about what was going to happen. But the fact that in the moment, you know, she saw the opportunity to swing off that cable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're still like, you know, and just in rehearsal going, oh, my gosh. You know, and she, she lived, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was hurt, but she lived. So, yeah. Some did she break stuff. some ribs? She did. She was injured, yeah. Ribs, and she had some ankle and ankle issue. Yeah, she she had, she had she was a little banged up. But, but first she got up off that floor, and up. someone mm-hmm. attempted to assist her, and she said, no, no, no. That's right. <laughs> I'm nope. fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. And, and yeah. We, we, you know, we, don't, we won't spoil all the, the juiciest bits of, of the play, okay. but there's some funny details there in terms, well, Funny from this perspective. At the time, it was very, very intense. Yeah. Um, but the way these women sort of infiltrated this unfamiliar scene and and thought on their feet and figured out, I'm going to climb down that cable. Right. And right. will it support my weight? We'll find out. Answer exactly. no. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mission driven, though. You know. I mean, that's hard. Yeah. You know. That's like because I, I they knew they had a goal, a mission, and it was, and they knew they had a team behind them. There are lots of planning went into all of these actions that they did. So, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I think the the public who then sees these actions might not always realize the amount of planning that went into this and the strategizing and the years of strategizing, really. Exactly. Um, 
Miles, what does uh, can theater play a role in, in political movements? What, Absolutely. Can a play like this have have a piece of the discussion? How does that work? Absolutely. I mean, all of the plays, all of the theater work that I've done this year, from Big Machine to the B play to Action, has all been driven by social change. And we've been telling stories that are pertinent to what's going on in our in, in our environments right now. And, um, you know, whether that's like the B play talking about environmental um, uh, problems, so same thing with Big Machine. But now in the action, we're not only just telling a story about, um, you know, people who are fighting for change, fighting fighting against racism, but it's also a St. Louis story, and we know these people, and we've met these people, and we see these people on the street. And so, you know, it's going to be amazing, I think, that when, you know, Kathy is walking down the street, or I'm walking down the street, or, or, or one of our castmates, Colin, is walking down the street, people will be like, oh, yeah, that's that cat that told that story about St. Louis. You know, and now we know these. And so I hope that this can be uh, somewhat of, of, of an igniter in somebody's soul, in somebody's heart to want to do more of this and want to tell their friends about it. And hopefully this spreads and goes to other cities and people do it in their cities and they do it in Kansas City and they do it in Chicago and they do it in in Nashville, Tennessee. And they tell the stories of their cities to the people that live there. Kathy, I know you're in the, 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 the heat of getting this together right now and you've got your eyes on that first preview Friday and just getting it all together. But... With that part understood, what would you like this production to do in this community? Well, I think as much as what Miles said, I wanted to start conversations. I'm committed to doing theater that leaves people thinking and talking and ready to jump into being accomplice and, and making change happen. And so I'm, I find myself, you know, here it's in my career continuing to do that. That's what I'm committed to. So I want this to be a catalyst for folks who maybe didn't know. We have gen- several generations even involved in this production. And we have different levels of understanding and knowledge about this particular event. So what I want is for this to inform people about this particular event and just and how does this how does this um, show up and how we relate to each other now in St. Louis. Let's have these discussions. Let's make some change happen. Mm. And I, I spoke with with Colin McLaughlin, the the playwright, and yeah. he said in in his interviews with the with the action folks from from back in the day, uh, it wasn't about trading memories and stories so much, but they, they said we want the younger kids to see this right. play That's and right. to know what's going on. Miles, can you be an agent of change from the stage? I I hope so. <laughs> um, you know, my my job is to tell this story as as best as I can. Um, and uh, as authentically as I can. And, um, you know, also, my job isn't done once I'm off the stage. Once I'm off the stage, now it's time to have a conversation about what we just saw and, um, you know, essentially empower people to get put the power back in their hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we will be, um, the Action Arts Collaborative is committed to bringing this to schools in the form of, um, oh. of a of filmed a video um presentation of this in the future. So we're looking forward to to that, being in the schools and having these conversations with young people mm-hmm. and, and making sure that they know the history. And looking for a way to, for the, the play to have a life moving on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually all the time we have. That was such a, a great 
conversation. Thank you for, for being here. It's really been a pleasure. Uh, we're here talking with Catherine Bentley and Miles Brenton. They're the artists, part of some of the artists behind Action, the story of uh, Percy Green and Action, and uh, some of their work back in the late 60s and early 70s. It's at the Gaslight Theater this weekend and next weekend. Catherine Bentley, Miles Brenton, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Good to be here. This episode was produced by Jeremy Goodwin and Danny Wisentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.